me being not a good friend if if I talk about me. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I don't ex- I don't expect anyone in my life to go it alone, but I very much so expect myself to do that. It's, that's <laughs> that's messed up. <laughs> Sandy. It works. Okay. What are you going to be? We are professionals. Super professionals. Professional. <laughs> Tell me all about you. Because for, re- for listeners of the season, there was like a, hey, Kate's here. And then we very, very cleverly interspersed like pre-recorded episodes with ones where you weren't there. So I'm not sure that people were like, hmm, she's been gone for an awful long time. But in reality, you were gone for a while. Yes, I've noticed how you've done that, and I've appreciated it, because I've told a few people about this, I'm like, I'm co-hosting a podcast, I'm like, amazing, let me listen, I'm like, but I was there for the intro episode, then I got a concussion, and then I missed recording the entire first half of the season. <laughs> Not so, so anyone would know. <laughs> um, yes, so my life recently has been recovering from that and um yeah that happened canadian thanksgiving so early october which was if i can do math almost five months ago oh my word right but that means we're so much closer to summer vacation so that's good that's so much closer Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i like that's positive math i like that Mm -hmm. and That's just been one of those fun life incidents that has kind of turned everything upside down. And now I'm rebuilding my life again, which is not a new spot for me to be in. This is not the first time that I've burned everything down and started rebuilding. (laughs) Here we are back at Chris's staircase of reality again. I've been here before, Uh, but this isn't, but you've done this before. So you have, you're better at it. Has that been the experience? Kate nods her head. That seems very <laughs> reassuringly. Yes. Tell me all about it. No, I am. I am. And there's definitely a lot of ways I'm better for it. Um, especially money ways, actually. It's nice when something like this happens that it's not the first time. So when that concussion happened, I had to stop working. Mm-hmm. and I didn't end up getting approved for EI. Mm-hmm. So I've had to figure that out. But it's not the first time where I've been in a situation like this. The last 10 years, I mean, my late teens and my whole 20s has been kind of navigating chronic illness and disability and mental health issues. So it's not, it's not my first rodeo. <laughs> and thankfully, I've... So when it comes to money... I've been paying attention to my spending and my budget for a long time. So when something like this happens and I need to scale back or I have that moment, it's like, oh crap, what do I actually need to live on? Like, what's my floor? What would be comfortable? All of those numbers, I have them in my head, like very easy to access. So I'm thankful that when this happens, when I'm out of work suddenly and then I, I can't do much about that in the moment because it's an actual brain injury. So by the nature of that, the whole using your brain becomes slightly difficult. Just a little. Um, it's nice that when that happens, that's also not the first time I'm ever 
acquainting myself with my money. Oh, so, so that's nice. I actually am. See, we, we talk about it all the time. Like it comes off my tongue so easily. Like the best way to prepare for an emergency is to just kind of know you're spending. We've talked about that on this very podcast many times, but the, the idea of trying to navigate um, like a brain injury and learn that for the first time. And actually, to be honest, this is such a sign of my privilege. I don't think about that. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah, for no. me, it was like, oh, the stress. Well, the stress, you know, you're busy and it's stressful and never thought about it in terms of, you know, actually not being able to do it. Hmm. Tell I me mean, more. You could or you could try. It would just perhaps break your brain. Yeah. So, so for me, what I found actually, I'm not really sure how bad my concussion was technically, um, but it's taken me a long time to recover. It's been almost five months and I'm pretty much better. Although this week I had another round of kind of concussion headaches and I get really dizzy and off balance and my memory goes, which is very unsettling because like simple, obvious things from the last couple of days, I don't remember as well. And then I felt a lot better again yesterday. So I was really hoping that I was over that and it was a little unsettling that that came back again, just because you can't control it. And we are people that like to control things. Mm-hmm. So it'd be great if I could predict it, you know, if someone was like, hey, two weeks from now, you're going to have a couple dumpster fire days, just FYI. <laughs> and then I could, I could not plan anything on those days and give myself some grace and it would be, it would be awesome. Um, but for me, this surfaced a lot of mental health symptoms that I hadn't dealt with as well previously. So I... I have struggled with anxiety for a long time. Like I was first diagnosed with that when I was 14. So half my life has, that's been a thing for me and major depression and, um, and PTSD. And that's actually been the biggest issue now is those symptoms get triggered when I have these concussion headaches. And a lot of the coping skills I had before to kind of, talk myself down from those symptoms or episodes were all mental right but then when you break the thing that helps you work through the thing it gets really difficult so you have to learn sort of all new coping strategies which overall has been good because the coping strategies i had were not good anymore so Mm -hmm. it's the thing that needed to happen it just happened to occur in this way and then Money-wise, it was nice to know that I knew sort of my my floor for spending. And because I've been tracking my spending for long enough, I don't really have to work very hard to stay within my grocery budget. It just kind of happens. Mm, muscle memory. I, you know, I t- yeah, I tend, I check in um, every couple of days or weekly with my spending but my spending tends to be pretty consistent. It's only if I go through a change, like if I move, that it tends to get kind of wonky for a couple of months before it levels out. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to know that that could kind of stay as is. And I have some long-term savings, um, which I'm lucky that came from, um, my mom had given my siblings and I some money a couple of years ago not like 
a ton of money, but money, which is a huge privilege. And I have stashed that away, like John Robertson's like whole value of simple investing thing. It's like <laughs> socked in my TFSA. And that's always been earmarked for long-term saving, or I don't really know what, it's just a thing that I don't um, touch. But now um, when this happened, because that's been almost five months, so I've already gone through my emergency fund. And now that's something where, okay, if I have to use that, I know that it's there. So that's been a huge, not that I want to touch that, but that's been a huge comfort. Yeah. Um, and a just a huge privilege to know that that's there because I don't know. Going through this really hits you in the face with like the 48 different types of privilege that I have. Yeah. And that if I didn't have these things, how much worse this would be to navigate. Like I can keep paying my rent. Not indefinitely. Right. But, <laughs> but I've got like a good, a good, a good chunk of the year where I don't theoretically have to worry about that. Like I could. Yeah. So if. Man, if I didn't, um, if I didn't have that and if I didn't have the options that I have to do, like the skills that I have that I can do freelance work and work online and I have hand skills as well. So I could technically like make stuff and try to sell it. Like I could work in retail. Like I have a lot of different options yeah. and that's a huge comfort that I realize a lot of people wouldn't have. So if you didn't have that, and if you had never looked at your money before, and then this sort of thing happened, and it happens all the time, really. Somebody like cancer or something, like something combusts. And I can really see how that just ruins you mm. yeah. in a lot of ways. Well, and actually one of the ways that came to mind when you're talking about all the things that you could do, I mean, <laughs> We're similar in the sense that we have opinions, we have opinions about things that are worth spending time on and ways of doing things that are totally fine and ways that are disgusting and gross. And they might not seem very different from the outside. I don't know how to put that. But anyways, and so I guess one of the questions that I have is, so, you know, so you're kind of, you're through the emergency fund, you're you're reinventing again, you have all these skills, but you, but is there a point where the, the kind of, in some ways, the self-imposed constraints about what you will do or how you will do things, have you ever reached a point where you think, um, well, I guess I could do it in a way that I don't like because I'm at the end of my emergency fund or do you know what I mean? Like, is there, like, are there things that you would consider Oh, Sandy doesn't have a question. Like, like that I would consider money-wise or work-wise? Work, I think work-wise. Work I think like, so, okay, let me go back for a second. Um, I think I get it if that's what you mean, and yes. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the whole idea of one, of one of these kind of markers of privilege in a way is that, you know, a lot of the conversations we have had 
in all the different places that we have conversations have been about the way that our days go and how we like to do mm -hmm. our work and when we like to do our work yeah. and what kind of work we like to do. And does that, is there a point where you say that's nice, but it's a luxury that I can't afford right now? Yes. So <laughs> this, um, this has actually been a really interesting thing because it's made me challenge all my assumptions and tease out a lot of the things. Yeah. All the bias, not all the bias, but like some of the bias that I've grown up with and some that I got about my parents and just what type of work that I should be doing and all of those sort of sorts of things. So when I look down and sort of sketch it, like, here's all the things I could do. And then looking at like what I actually want to do versus what I think other people want me to do. And a thing for me now, I realize that um, because of the things I struggle with mental health wise, it's very hard for me to be in an office full time and in an open office environment. Yeah. And I spent the last couple of years trying to do the full-time startup life thing. And it is not... I burn out really quickly and then um, I have certain symptoms that get really bad and that's, I can't do that anymore because that literally puts my life in danger in a lot of ways, mm. not to be dramatic, like I'm fine, but it, it kind of does. So I, I have to craft a lifestyle that works for me because I need to stay here. <laughs> yeah. So I, I need to do that. And when I look at this year, I'm like, okay, hey, my health comes above everything else because again, not to me, like I'm, I have a lot of support, but like I need to be here at the end of the year. So yeah. that comes ahead of everything else. So even if I burn through every dollar I have and have to go into debt on my line of credit, like I need to be here. So that comes first. Um, but you know, obviously I do need to figure out a way to make money. And there's sort of this long term now that I keep kind of knowing myself better and better. Okay. What kind of lifestyle doing to start building for myself, even though I'm not going to have that this year, maybe not next year or the year after that, but like down the line, what am I building towards? Um, so that's not a corporate ladder. That's going to be my own thing. But then in the meantime, how do I keep paying rent and make all of that work? And then what am I willing to compromise on basically like, which is sort of the better shit sandwich to eat as they, <laughs> as they say. And I've, on I've fancy gone, bread. <laughs> yeah. I've gone through and listed out what kind of non-negotiables are for me this year. And then like I've thought about things of, because I've gone home and lived with my parents before. Um, so, you know, do I want to do that again? Because that takes care of rent and my, my parents are wonderful, but that's, it's not a thing that I can do with my mental health. I'm much better living away from home and I live by myself and I live in Toronto. That's not a cheap thing. Um, but it's an, I've decided it's important for me to stay here knowing at least for now, like knowing all of the costs that that incurs. So that means I need to figure out a way to afford that. And the biggest, one of the things that's the most important to me is controlling my environment, I've noticed, and controlling when I work. 
So I would rather work from home and do freelance work, even if I don't like it, like say it's a certain type of work, if it's a certain type of writing work or for a company that I may be, I'm not like lit up with purpose over, but it lets me control my environment. So I can work in a place that's good for me. I don't have to be in an office. I can complete that project in the day when it's okay for me. Um, so then even if that work itself might be stressful, and I know that if I did that type of work full time, I would end up sliding back down that slope again because it's not full time. I can sort of put it in a box um, that that seems worth it for me. Like it's an acceptable trade-off. Yeah. And I've been looking at um, things too. I'm like, what if I waitressed again? I don't like, I've been looking at lots of, lots of different things that I wouldn't have maybe previously considered kind of purely to figure out an environment that will work for me and my mental health and my physical health so that I can kind of keep, keep that level and improving. And that will also give me the time to build sort of kind of a long-term business that I would like to build for myself that I know will take a couple of years to kind of get to a reasonable spot if it works. Yeah. Well, in some ways, does this go back to when you were talking about some of the biases that you had? Like the, and, and this, maybe this is a bias that I have. So when I hear people say like, I'm thinking about going back to waitressing, my first, I have, I have two thoughts. And my first thought is like, mm-hmm. oh, waitressing. Oh, I wonder how they feel about that. Because my background thought is, oh, well, that's backwards. It's not. Mm-hmm. That's my second thought. It's not. It's still yeah. do whatever the, what, do what you want. I, do what you need to do. Do what you feel capable of. I don't, it's nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. But the fact of me associating those two things is clearly a bias of my own. It's like, a, oh, oh, you yes. move back to the, your own hometown and you start a waitressing again. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I know very clearly what certain family members in my life would think and say if I told them, what are you doing, Kate? Oh, I'm waitressing. <laughs> um, but, I don't know. I, I, yeah, just, so. I just have this idea of the emergency fund, the money one, and then in some ways the emergency fund of your own emotional and physical health. And like, you can't spend both of them to zero. And, and the idea of, okay, I'm willing, I'm waitressing is a thing I can consider or whatever, whatever, or working for a company that I'm not lit up for, or I mean, all of those things. I'm not withdrawing from the part of my emotional reserves that would be completely depleted if I was working in an open office or, Again, not articulating it very well, but this idea yeah. of knowing the things that you can that you have available to you, but not withdrawing the whole thing at once, just to just to get to some undefined moment where everything's fine again, that won't come because you keep drawing on the emergency reserves. It's true, and the way I was talking about how I feel fortunate that I kind of prepared my money ahead of this, 
so that it wasn't my first time looking in my money. And I had an emergency fund and I was a month ahead on my rent and like all of these little things. So I had a lot more buffer than I even realized when this happened, just from habits that I've sort of unconsciously been doing because I started consciously doing them a long, long time ago. And like, thank you to my mother for teaching me a lot of things. (laughs) And I don't think I've been so focused on, and I think a lot of us are like money through my twenties and feeling like if I don't have a certain amount of that, or if I don't have a certain amount of income that I'm not where I need to be, but I didn't give myself much credit for the kind of emotional skills I had built up and toolkit and reserve because I've literally been in, in therapy and in and out of treatments since I was 14. So actually a little bit more than half my life at this point. So I've spent a lot of time and money (laughs) building up these resources for myself. And if I hadn't done that, like I have no idea where I don't think I'd be here, frankly. Um, So the fact that I have that to fall back on, like what you're saying, it's not just about having money to fall back on. It's also that the times where I was doing okay, I was still working on these things. And like when I was, because my whole, we when we talked about this episode, it was like, okay, what's it been like? Because in the last year, I've gone freelance, full-time, disability, freelance. So it's like what that's been like. But that's really been the last 10 years of my life has been like freelance, full-time, contract, disability, school. Like that's sort of, it's always been like that for me. Um, But when I have been full-time or things have been good, I've always saved like way more than I needed to. And that's helped me a lot. Or when I have been good, I've like still gone to therapy. I haven't said like, oh, I'm fine. I don't need it. I've still worked on that so that when I'm not fine, I have this, I have like various emergency toolkits and it's like very much so not just money. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because all of that, all of that is important and we don't really talk about it. And I don't think we give people permission or credit for doing that either. It just sort of comes down to what do you mean you're a certain age and you don't make a certain amount or you don't have a certain job title or a certain amount saved or a certain net worth. And I just, yeah. yeah. Or like a, a career oh, that yeah. you could name. <laughs> this is my yeah. career. Hmm. I actually, this is the, I have entered into the longest stretch of stability. Isn't the right word because it implies instability before. And that's not what it was. But there was a very long period of time of, we live here and we go to school. We live here and I work here. We live here and you don't work. We live here and now we live over here and now we have kids. And now we're have, we have another kid. And now our house had an insurance thing. And like, mm-hmm. he has a full-time job. He's self-employed. I have a full-time job. I'm on maternity leave. I, you know, all, all of those things. But I will say that one of the marks of my privilege is that in the very worst period of time for us, it was not the worst mental period of time. It was just financially the worst. Was that whole house thing that I've talked about so many times. 
But when we look back on that year, that's one of the best years that we've ever had <laughs> because it just felt like a, it felt like a moment where we didn't have the money and we didn't know what we were going to do, but we were right. <laughs> I don't know how to, we were okay. <laughs> and we were happy is not a good word for it, but it wasn't the only things that were broken were our finances. And that felt really good. And we felt connected about that. So, but I didn't have to put any, I didn't, I hadn't made any deposits, like conscious deposits to the mental health emergency fund because that was something like, that just was a thing that I've never paid attention to because it just wasn't something that brushed up against my life. Um, but I don't think that that's a great way to continue. And since then, some of the crises that I've have, I've had since that year of the house none of them have been financial well some of them have but but that's a different story but 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 it's become very clear that i can't just continue to blithely go along and say well that's never really bothered me before because if i don't build up the ability to pay attention to what's going on inside my own brains Mm -hmm. um then as a 40 year old woman <laughs> with children who are entering teenagerhood and a business that we're building and all those things, if I take for granted the fact that, Oh, that's never really bothered me before. I think I'm steering for trouble in a way that I don't really want to. <laughs> um, yeah, that is a almost apropos of nothing observation, but that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. I am who I am and I just can't stop it. But yeah, that was, I mean, of course, you already in this conversation and me just then have sort of downplayed the feelings because you there was something you'd say, like, I'm going to be fine when you were talking about your emotional reserves and your, the things that you, that are non-negotiables to get through this year. Um, I'm going to be fine. Well, it's gonna be okay. Because... <laughs> This is an interesting thing. And like, you will know this because you follow me on Instagram, but because we, <laughs> because we don't really talk about mental health that often, we don't really know how to respond to it when people do. So I have, I'm happy to share what's going on with me, not in the moment as it happens, but to just sort of speak on that because it's something that I wished I saw when I was younger and I desperately looked for and I couldn't find because when I was in hospital emergency rooms at 19 in Quebec being told in French, here's all the problems you have and you have to come in every week for testing get this blood work and all this stuff. I've like never felt so alone in my life. I was like, well, I have to, there's gotta be people that deal with this. Right. And like, that are functional and like where are the women that like run businesses but have this thing because I know it's out there but like I couldn't find it so I remember like very clearly when I was kind of 19 to 21 age I'm like when I get through this because I will <laughs> I'm going to talk about it because I need that's something that I really needed so now that I do share things again, not really in the moment, but to kind of like pop on Instagram stories and, you know, share like, you know, the last couple of days were great. And this is why, and because we don't 
talk about this stuff unless we're really, really in crisis or you hear a news story that like someone, a celebrity committed suicide and it feels like it came out of nowhere. We don't really seem to have that in between touch point. I think it makes a lot of people uncomfortable sometimes or they don't know how to respond. And I find interesting that for the most part, all the women in my life, if they respond, respond with like hearts, like just very, just kind of like some nod to solidarity, but I'll have some, and it's usually men, which I find interesting. Actually, it's only been men um, who will message me like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, please message me back. What's happening? What's happening? Are you okay? I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so sometimes I feel the need and that's in a container where I sort of know the, that audience and I know those people, but like for this podcast, for example, this is going to be shared with an audience that I haven't spoken about my mental health with as much. Mm. So if someone's going to listen and be like, oh my gosh, is this girl, you know, when I talk about like needing to be here at the end of the year, it's like, does that mean this girl is like in crisis right now? Like, no. So that's why it is kind of partially downplaying it, but it is also just sort of you're like saying that like I'm okay and like but this is a thing that people people deal with it and I talk about it and deal with it so that you know you don't have to read a news story about it yeah well you're preemptively I don't know that you can though because there is a posture towards action that some people have and we've talked about my early forays into reading novelizations of star trek the next generation (laughs) there's a connection (laughs) but it's that sense of like when you call somebody and you say it's been a really hard day my my kids or whatever or for whatever reason i'm just telling you that it's been a really hard day um and and what you get is well you should or let me or and those are all that come, I think, from a really loving place. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's kind of preemptive. Like, I actually started doing this with my mom when my kids were really little. Again, it came from a really good place, but she would always say, like, well, you should blah, blah, blue. And I would pick up the phone and say, okay, mom, I'm going to tell you something. And the only thing I need from you is to go, oh, that must be hard at the end of it. That's just that's yeah. those are the words I want you to say. And then I would tell her, because I just wanted to let somebody see me, <laughs> see me. Yeah. I'm not fine right now or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I would like a lot more of the, please, I, I, I see you. I see you kind of stuff in my own life. Anyway, I don't know about, I can't speak for everybody. 100%. That's literally all we need. And it's the same with money stuff when this happens. Like I don't need you telling me what to do with my money. Do you really, I mean, across the board, because like we all know technically we should be saving, but we're not doing it. So like, obviously there's a little bit of a disconnect there. (laughs) And, And, you know, if you're in what feels like a crisis situation and someone's like, well, have you done this? And you're cutting down like this. And like, it's just, it's not helpful at all. It's not helpful at all. Like we there's certain things that we already know, but we just need, (laughs) we just need the solidarity and the support. And then it's nice to know that you can 
open up to someone about it and say, you know, I lost my job, this thing happened. And then I like on a whim spent money on this and oh my gosh, it's terrible. And someone just say, God, that sucks. Yeah. That's so hard. Because it's and your whole it. self. It's just because your whole then self. maybe, yeah. And then maybe in a couple of months when you're like ready to climb out, now you've built trust with that person. And then maybe that's a person that you go to talk to about. You're like, okay, so maybe I said I did this thing. All right. So I'm trying to like get back on track with this. Like, have you ever dealt with this? Or like, what do you think you could do? Or, you know, is it okay that, can we meet for coffee instead of going for dinner? And that's the thing I've done with a lot of my friends lately because I like, wasn't eating out. So just being very upfront, I'm like, can we just like meet for a $2 coffee <laughs> rather than, <laughs> you know, going out for a thing? And they're all like, yeah, because people, you know, they have some context. I don't know where I'm going with that, but. No, I know what you mean. I'm, and I'm going to use what is an uncomfortable metaphor, and I know what's uncomfortable, and I'm not going to apologize for it. I am a woman, and I menstruate. <laughs> and I, the, the whole self of me feels bad sometimes. Like, oh, and I know what it is. Oh, I started my period. The idea that I would not say that or observe that about myself out loud to the people who know me is ludicrous. It's all of me. And so for you, outward world, who I'm just now conflating into like a single person somehow, <laughs> for, other, for other people to expect that there are some things we talk about and there are some things that we don't, well, who says what we get to talk about? Uh, anyway, sorry, that's me having a burn it down moment. But, uh, but again, uh, <laughs> the patriarchy. <laughs> half of the world goes through this frequently it's a thing it's just a thing but but talking about it as it happens is to me the only way to make it something to talk about something that you mm -hmm. can just mention in conversation so they, every single human person that lives in our in like north american western society has had a moment where like oh, I, I knew I didn't have the money to spend on that, but I spent on it anyway, or whatever, has made some quote unquote bad choice with their money. But the idea that we can only speak about it when it's solved or when we have like patted ourselves on the back for not doing it that way is insane. It's, it's asking every single person to only ever present the best side of themselves the healthy side of themselves, that I've already got through that side of themselves. And so anybody that's going through it in the moment can't, is in, is in essentially in figurative mm -hmm. Montreal with somebody speaking French to them and nobody yeah. else in the world has ever gone through this. It's bananas. I think I, I just tied up a whole bunch of different things in one thing, but it feels like you're never allowed to be your whole self. And I'm fucking tired of it. <laughs> I know. I know. And I want to talk everything you just said there but that and that's <laughs> one of the things that has helped me the most and I don't I do not say this to belittle any sort of mental or physical health thing like I say this as someone who like had my first psych evaluation at nine because there was always things that my mom was like, what's going on? And like was first diagnosed with major depression, anxiety and panic disorder at 14 and has gone through a lot of things since then. So like, this is not 
been through a lot of different medication, like this is not a casual thing in my life, that one of the most helpful things has just been being able to talk about it, honestly. And I'm not, so I'm not saying that it's like, that's a solution and that's all we need. Like, no, but that's honestly been one of the most important things because what really gets me in a spiral is thinking that I'm alone. And then just being able to tell someone like, this is shitty and this is why. And someone to say like, yeah, that is, that is shitty. <laughs> That's so helpful. And that lifts so much. Like that alone can like help you tread water for so much longer. And I, yeah, this idea of being like, we're whole people. We don't have to segregate all these things. And that we're meant to go through life with other humans. Like we're not meant to do everything alone. And that's something that I've just like really, really properly learned, honestly, in the last couple of months. And I pretty much treated that as a science experiment, like I do with a lot of things. Like, fine, I'll humor you. I'll try opening up or like try doing this. I'm like, oh yeah, that kind of kind of works. And so <laughs> when I'm going through work stuff and being able to instead of I've always felt like I'm a burden to other people. So I just don't want to put my stuff on other people. You can put your stuff on me. That's fine. But like, I'm not going to do that to you. But now talking to friends and like, okay, what are you like brainstorming about different ways to save money or things? And that helps. So it's not like none of them are giving me the answers. And they'll even say, they're like, Kate, we know, like, you know, that's not our job, right? <laughs> We're not going to tell you what to do, but they kind of know what questions to ask or just being able to talk about it. And then you figure out in yourself what the answer is, but it just helps so much with everything. So if it wasn't so damn taboo to talk about it and yes, we need to be able to talk about when we're on our periods because that's a mess. like working for startups. So I have endometriosis, so I get pretty bad pain around my period it's not as bad as it used to be but growing up that meant like hey you're in a hospital with pain like not great so to think that like I'm just going to be at the same level every single day every month of the every day of the month is like what no <laughs> it's not it's not how bodies work <laughs> like I'm gonna have a couple of days where I'm probably gonna want to work from home not because like I'm a degenerate or I'm not a hard worker or these things, but because like tissue in my body is exploding and like scarring and cysting and rupturing. And like, I kind of want to be at home for that. <laughs> I feel like it's not too much to ask. <laughs> Do I want to be on the TTC when that's happening? No. Or no. ever really, but that's a different story. <laughs> Jeez. Oh my gosh. Talk about all the things. Again, like, and I know exactly what you said because it does. It sounds like what we what we have said numerous times in this past, in this season, but lots of times. Well, if we just talk about it, it would be better. And we don't mean the thing we're talking about would be better. We mean our ability to face, to find solutions to, to just be a human who is living in this world would be better. And nobody, mm -hmm. I think the question that bothers me the most is, well, if you didn't want my help, why did you tell me about it? That it's, I mean, I've, 
I don't want anybody to think that that's what my mother said because I feel like I've just drawn a direct line between those two things and it is not. She never did that. Never, ever, ever. But I just, it's one of those things where you put, in particular in, in um, less, like more loosely connected relationships. So it's not like, it's not me telling Seth that or whatever, but it's so, so for example, the relationships that you have with genuine people online and maybe they're a little bit looser and you put something out there and it's, well, if you didn't want my help, why did you like, we're only ever allowed to talk about bad things that happen to us. If what we're requesting is that somebody come and save us from them. And that's mm -hmm. patently absurd, but there it is. The end. <laughs> The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs>Thanks so much for listening. I'm Chris Entz, and I'm an advice-only financial planner at ragstoreasonable.com. And I'm Sandy Martin. I'm an advice-only financial planner at springplans.ca. I'm Kate Smalley. I'm a financial marketer, and you can find me and all my links at katesmalley.com. If you liked what you heard, please go to iTunes and leave us a fantastic review. It helps us, helps more people find the podcast. And if you really liked what you heard, check us out at Patreon, Patreon slash Because Money, and uh, donate a small amount per podcast. It helps us keep the show running. Have a great week. We did it!